Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Space Flicks, the podcast where we review a movie and decide if it's worth the cost of beaming out to a lonely astronaut in space. Star for Human Connection. Our astronaut has to rely upon fake people pretending to be real people. That's Something. right. Well, they're real. Something pe- like that. They're real people. Actually, they're real people pretending to be fake people. That I'm now that I'm realizing it. Okay. All right. Moving on. Yeah. Suppose that's that's a better description. Anyway, the movie we're talking about is The Old Guard. The latest. I feel like you can pretty much assume any movie we're talking about these days is Netflix or some streaming service. Yep. So this is the latest movie on Netflix. I think it was. Uh, a pretty big release, from my understanding. It was the number one in the U.S., at least when I checked. So it's yep. doing pretty well. Yep. You want to you read the synopsis, Adam? Yes. Uh, a covert team of immortal mercenaries are suddenly exposed and must now fight to keep their identity a secret, just as an unexpected new member is discovered. All right. There you have it. The Old Guard, starring Charlize Theron. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any other like big names in this? I didn't really recognize anyone other than her. Uh, well, Chew- oh, and and she, yeah. How do you pronounce his name? Uh, I'm, I'm, an, I'm gonna say the name the way that I pronounce it. I have no idea if this is actually the way you do pronounce it, but it's Chiwetel Ejiofor, I believe. Yeah, that sounds. I'm pretty sure I've heard other people pronounce it roughly that way too. So yeah, he's the other big name, I think. Right, basically those two. Yes. Um. Of course, there's a lot of other a, a lot of other actors and performers in it, but those are the two that I was familiar with. Um, so let's talk expectations. Do you, w- did you know anything about this movie? What were your sort of what did you know coming into it? Uh, so obviously, I knew it was a Charlize Theron action movie. Uh, the hype that I'd heard about it was that it was um, you know a, like a very uh, exciting action film. So I was sort of imagining it to be sort of in the same vein as like atomic blonde or, um, uh, what's the movie we just reviewed the other day, uh, with, uh, Thor extraction extraction. Um, (laughs) uh, and I I was sort of imagining sort of like one of those bonkers action films. Right. Uh Um, so that was my, and especially considering it's like a Charlize Theron movie, I was like, okay, so, you know, it's one of, one of these. This is right. what she's doing now. This is where she is in her career. She's yeah. kind of in her action phase. Yeah, it was sort of like the Venn diagram of, you know, I was like, oh, this is what she's doing, and this is what Netflix is doing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That was sort of like those two things combined. And I was like, great, yep. I'm, seems like that's what it's going to be. And so that was yeah. my expectation going in. Uh, what about you? What, um what things were you thinking when you, when you flipped it on? Well, had you seen the trailer for it? Like on YouTube or anything? I think I had. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'd seen the trailer. Um, so I wasn't, I I think from the trailer, I wasn't necessarily expecting an extraction or atomic blonde esque movie. Cause those movies are really pitched as just, you know, balls to the wall action, just, you're coming for incredible action and that's the main attraction. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't, I didn't really get that vibe from this. Maybe that is, maybe that is what some people were, were getting from it. But I mean, to me, I, I knew that it was based on a comic book and I think I was kind of 
I had a bit of a I had a bit of a bias actually because my understanding is it's based on an Image comic book uh, okay. from Image Comics, which you and I used to read a lot of Image Comics. I remember, yeah, yeah. Um, when we were younger. So, you know, the vast majority of uh, comic book movies you see are Marvel and DC characters. So the thought of a, a you know a movie based on a what was apparently a beloved uh, you know series on Image Comics was pretty cool to me. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I think I think what I was expecting was just like a different a different take on a superhero sort of genre where it's you know it's not it's not like a Superman or Iron Man type of character. It's it's a more it's a more um, I guess you could say I, I almost said down to earth, but that seems like an absurd way to describe the premise of this. Right, but just less. It's a little bit. Um, it's a little bit brought down in sort of intensity level, right? It's not, it's not like these, these characters are not, um, the, the, they are superhuman, but only in, in one very specific way. Right. And they're not like ultra strong or ultra fast or, you know, anything like that. They can't shoot lasers out of their eyes. So, um, yeah, I guess I, the, the closest thing I could compare it to, I guess would probably be, um, and I'm still talking expectations here to be clear. Yeah. Uh, what I was expecting was sort of similar to what I feel I got from the movie Logan, which is okay, where sure. you've got superheroes. Yes. But you're, they're sort of pulled into a more real feeling world and, you know, and the movie's going to take it a little more seriously and treat it a little less comic booky. Right. right? And treat it like that. It would sort of have an angle more like what would, the the world actually be like and what would these characters lives actually be like that's all what i was sort of expecting from this movie um and i i think i was i don't know i i think i didn't really know much i, I don't think i'd read any reviews or really checked how like the critics liked it or anything but right. i think you know I saw the youtube trailers i was very aware this is like the next big release from netflix and i think I was looking forward to it pretty much in the same way I'd be looking forward to a movie, like a theatrical release that I saw a trailer for that I thought looked really cool. Yeah. Um, and I did think it looked pretty cool because I like the premise, you know, just they've been alive forever or, you know, for a long time, seemingly. Right. And and I think other movies have, I've heard of other movies that have this premise. Like there's a there's a movie called, I think it's called The Man from Earth. Have you heard of that one? I don't think I know that. It's a, It's about a guy who basically is you know it's like it's a it's a small scale indie movie but it's basically um people meet this guy and it grad it sort of slowly comes to light over the course of like a dinner party mm -hmm. that he claims like he's actually been alive for thousands of years and just you know and it's what's kind of interesting about the premise is like that wouldn't be obvious you know if a person did that it's not like it would be immediately detected right, right. if they just kind of wandered around you know yes the people who knew them would eventually die off and have would know that they never grew old but only if they stayed with them for a long time uh, they could just kind of drift around the planet and nobody would ever pick up on the fact that they right. had been alive so long right um so this is a really long-winded explanation of my expectations i was just thinking i just i guess my final point was i thought it would be cool to see a movie that tackles that idea which has been tackled before but in more of like an action 
you know, superheroes from more of an action superhero kind of angle of these people actually have like a, a, like a purpose in this world and they're here as some sort of protectors or something, you know, and they're right. actually doing something with that. ability. Yeah. With a title like the old guard, um, for some reason I did imagine them functioning in some kind of more official capacity. Right. Mm. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it sort of evokes like you'd think there's this like ancient order that they belong right. to. Right. With like an, and they take like an oath to, to protect the world or something like, yeah, I, I totally agree. That's what, that's what I sort of thought it was going to be. Yep. It, I mean, it kind of is that to be clear, but just much less official. Like, like you said, right. It's, it's, they have, or much less, formal. they have stumbled into this sort of, uh, gang, right? Well, yeah, I mean, I, the movie definitely touches on sort of some sort of deeper purpose that they have that they might not even be aware of, but that they are, they are trying to do something that they have some, some inkling that they've sort of been put here to do or that they're supposed to do. Right. Right. Um, but the movie leaves out a lot of the details of, of what that is or how it works. I think, um, I think that there's some stuff that that's probably left out. Like I definitely feel that the the characters in the movie know things that we don't know. Like, I don't think we know everything they know. I think the movie chooses not to explain everything. But by the time the movie ends, you're saying like, there's lots of stuff. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, just, just about how their lives work and how their team works and how they got together and how, they choose what missions to go on and things like that. Like, I think they know some of the answers to those questions and we don't, the movie just doesn't like take the time to explain those things. Yeah. I think that that's right. There's, um, there's an element of most superhero movies where when you're meeting all the superheroes, there is some kind of origin story component to the tale where you, where you get to better understand, like, this is how they met. And this is why they agreed to work together. And this is like they had some friction before they were friends. You know, like normally there's some right. kind of thing like that. And this movie uh, does makes gestures in that direction. But you're right. Doesn't really spend any considerable time there um, for any number of reasons. I think maybe like most importantly is that they don't have the time. Right. <laughs> like they spend. Yeah, it just. Yeah, they spend the dura- the running time of the movie uh, sort of working through plot mostly as opposed to, you know, like let's explore. I mean, they definitely explore some of some, some anecdotes from the past, right. but certainly not comprehensively. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I would say uh, anecdotes is the right word. It sort of gives you glimpses of the backstory, but it doesn't actually tell the backstory, right. which is for a lot of superhero movies, you know, like the first, installment in the franchise is the backstory like iron man spider-man you know superman batman they all like their first one is just like here's how they became the hero you know which is always i actually feel maybe maybe you know i think a lot of people are somewhat fatigued by that formula it probably was cool in the beginning but one of the reasons to be fatigued by it is like when that's your movie Mm-hmm. then you don't even get to see the hero doing what you want to see them doing until right. like the final third of the movie typically. Right. And then you leave and you're like, there was like only one really cool scene where he got to be Iron Man, you know? Right. Right. Um, 
that kind of thing. So yeah, this movie, they're, they're very much the heroes already at the beginning of the movie. Right. Um, but, uh, I think we've gotten ahead of ourselves a little bit. That's my fault. Uh, I didn't actually ask you what your first impression was of the movie. So we talked expectations. What did you think of it? Well, when it ended, considering my expectations were like over the top action movie, this movie was definitely not that, right? Definitely not that. Yeah. And so, um, so I was initially a little disappointed, right? Because I was like, oh, that didn't have. <laughs> that wasn't like Atomic Blonde. That wasn't like Atomic Blonde or Extraction, you know, like. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, and, and so that was, I mean, that was my sort of overarching sort of result. And I, and I think like at, at a high level, um, you know, this is a little bit, uh, a little bit judgmental and sort of, uh, deflating, but my, my, my sort of initial, like, uh, the word that I was using when I, when the movie, when the credits started rolling, I was like, that was pretty mediocre. (laughs) Like that was my, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. just because I was like, the action was okay. The character, uh, the characters were, um, in some cases I thought, uh, quite good, but in some cases pretty thinly drawn. Um, Mm -hmm. the, the con, like the, the fact that they were sort of quite clearly queuing up the movie to be sort of the opening entry in a franchise. I was like, I, this is not a franchise that I have a lot of eagerness to return Mm -hmm. to. Um, you know, I think for somehow it like did the thing where it left. And I know that I'm normally the guy who's OK with this, but it left too many things a little bit too unexplained for me. Um, yeah. A few characters too unexplored where I'm like, I don't know why these people do the things that they do. Mm. Um, and uh, and then like just the sheer the the action bits of it were just not elevated enough you know we're not at you know amazing enough for me to say like yep i would come back to this just for just for the action the way i would like a john wick right sure um yeah so uh not wasn't wasn't in love with it at the end um although i do certainly feel like there are idea there were ideas and there were moments that were quite um quite noteworthy but on balance i i you know was not something that i was uh like yes i cannot wait for the next installment of the old guard old guard right. 2 eternal boogaloo or whatever so underwhelming is the is the main takeaway it sounds like um i so you and i have known each other and been watching movies long enough that it's pretty predictable at this point like very rarely do I like a movie less than you do. <laughs> I almost always like it more. I guess the exception being like the really good, like, you know, the ones that are really good. Sometimes you're even more, you know, enraptured by than I am. But like, if there's a movie that you thought was mediocre, I'm probably going to be like, I thought it was pretty good, <laughs> which is yet again, the case here. So, um, I actually suspect that I do agree with you on a lot of the things you're going to say though. Um, I think there were a lot of like dramatic moments that I felt were kind of weak. Um, sort of a combination of like possibly weakly written, possibly weakly acted, 
also possibly just weekly shot. Like yeah. there were, there were, there were honestly scenes where I found myself like when the scene ended being like, I feel like they, the director didn't do the actors any favors there because like it was supposed to be a dramatic scene, but it was just a very boring, like shot of the person talking from a very boring angle. Right. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what I would have done differently. You know, it's like, I, I certainly don't know how to make a film, but I just felt like even just visually, it was so uninteresting that like, that like, yeah, the, the actor was sort of set up for failure to, to, to like really deliver the, the line in a meaningful or, or impactful way. Um, but you know, I never thought it, I, I mean, it never dropped to the level of like, of God awful for me. It was just, it was right. just sort of like kind of thin at times. Um, but I thought some of the ideas were really cool. I quite liked a good amount of the action in particular in the latter half of the movie. Um, and I mean, I thought some of the action was sort of, you know, uh, generic, but, uh, but I thought some of it was really cool. And, um, yeah, overall. And, and, you know, and there were, as is pretty standard for me, like there were enough highlights that overall, I felt like it was pretty good. So, but I would say in terms of comparing to my expectations, I don't think I liked it as much as I thought I might. So, so even I too would probably, it would be accurate to say was a little disappointed just because coming away, I wasn't like, Oh, that was great. I was just like, Oh, that was like, that was good. You know, if it were put it this way, if it were a Marvel movie, I would have put it in sort of like the upper half, but not, but not like, close to the top particularly. Okay. And, and, and Marvel already has, you know, a bit of a ceiling. Cause, right. Cause they're not going to make like a, a masterpiece. Right. Um, so, okay. We've talked through first impressions. Uh, I guess, I guess the, this would be an interesting topic for this movie actually um, themes. So I feel like this is a movie that certainly should have some themes. Um, but I'm not totally sure how I would describe what the theme of the movie is. Do you feel like something pretty clear came through for you? Uh, well, there's an, I, I mean, do other th- than literally living for a long time. Eternality. Yeah. yeah. Um, there is something interesting in, uh, like per- the search for purpose or meaning. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think in some ways that's, the conflict at the center of the movie actually is one of the more interesting aspects of this, especially the way that, um, is it, what's the character's name? Is it Booker? Brooker? Um, Booker. Booker, Yeah. yeah, yeah. Her, like the, the other guy, her right hand (laughs) dude. Right. Um, like the fact that, uh, Charlize Theron's character is sort of, um, disenchanted or uh with the the impact that she's had on the world and she feels like there nothing that they do has really mattered right mm-hmm. and then on the flip side of that booker is i mean i get can i can we do the spoiler alert i'm gonna start spoiling things um, i guess go ahead and do it yeah Ooga! um yeah uh booker sort of views their situation um, and says, you know, 
rather than us continuing to just do what we are doing, which is basically use our sort of limitless uh, life and our ability to never be killed to fight bad guys. Right. He's like, what if uh, he sort of drinks the Kool-Aid that the sort of principal bad guy is, is selling right for mm-hmm. at least briefly. And he's like, I'm going to, uh, you know, take a chance that maybe our genetic material can be learned from or harvested in some way so as to, like, eradicate disease or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. And so I do think there's an interesting tension on, like, the best way to use the life that you have, use the days that you have, um, that uh, that the movie is interested in, uh, and that's probably one of the more interesting themes that the movie could pursue. I don't, I don't think the movie does a particularly like elegant or thorough job of exploring that idea. Um, it's like one happens to be right, and the other happens to be more wrong or evil, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but it's but I do think like somewhere in a different movie, that idea could have been more thoroughly explored. Yeah. Um, the only the only thing I would add uh, as like sort of a different point that the movie is making is just um, that these is back to Booker and his betrayal. You know, he says to Andy uh, after he shoots her since we're in spoilers. Um, and she's like, you know, really furious, obviously, cause she's been betrayed, but he, he tries to sort of justify himself. And he says like, if they can figure out what's going on with us, mm-hmm. maybe they can figure out how to end it, mm-hmm. you know, right. Basically indicating that his motivation is wanting to die yeah. or, or wanting to give Andy the opportunity to die. Right. Um, and I think that I think that one of the points the movie's making, and maybe it's not its main point, but is like everybody, you know, everybody in the real world sort of wishes they could live forever. Like the thought of death is very scary to us. We want to avoid it. You know, there's plenty of very prominent, you know, wealthy people and scientists trying to actually make it possible to live forever. Right. Um, but I think the movie's kind of suggesting that if you actually did live long enough, you would actually want to die. And that not being able to die could be its own sort of curse. Yep. And, of, and of course, the movie has a really chilling, concrete example of, an, of a way that it could be just utterly horrifying. Yeah, right? yeah. And, um, the, the scenario of, of uh, Queen, mm-hmm. Quinn, um, you know, falling to the bottom of the ocean, being stuck in a, what do you call that? Is that an Iron Maiden? Uh, <laughs> is that what that thing is? No, an Iron Maiden, I think, is a more of a torture device with like spikes in it and stuff. Oh, okay, um, okay. So it just it just is a is a like, iron coffin, basically. basically yeah, yeah. Sinks to the bottom of the. It's like a diving bell, except that you're trapped in, <laughs> um, forever. And and so. Yeah, that seems that seemed to be a point of the movie too. You know that all everybody in the in the old guard, um, I think at some point in the movie, sort of indicates that 
it would sort of be nice to die or, or right. They at least want, you know, to, to die someday. And the prospect of just kind of living for hundreds or thousands more years is not particularly appealing. Um, so yeah, I think, I mean, I think there's probably more themes in there. I've heard, I've heard the movie described as a, as like a metaphor for various things, but, um, I sort of, I always have a hard time swallowing any interpretation of a thing as, as like a metaphor for this other thing. If there's really nothing in the movie that explicitly names that other thing, you right. know, right. Like sometimes people say like, this movie is clearly like, is all about like depression or is all about racism or is mm-hmm. all about this or that. And you're like, but if the movie like never mentions that concept, like right. it, it could be, but I just feel like to me, a movie should, should give you some indication of what it's actually about. If it's actually about something other than the, right. Yeah. Know, just because what's in the text of the movie. Yeah. Just because the movie's mechanics seem to mirror the mechanics of a different phenomenon doesn't mean yeah. that the movie's about that phenomenon. It just ha- means that maybe like the world works in certain ways, right? Yeah. Maybe there are certain Some like rules are somewhat universal. Yeah. Maybe there are certain ways that just certain phenomenon work or, or just like life works that it's like, oh, yeah, lo and behold, these two things actually operate using the same principles. Who knew? Yeah. Um, so, all right. Well, let's let's talk about some of the best parts of the movie. Um, I know you were overall felt that it was mediocre or at least that was your initial uh, reaction. I don't know if you sort of warmed up to the movie a little bit over time after that, but there were, it sounds like there were at least a few parts that you enjoyed or felt that were, as you put it, noteworthy. So what, what are them? Well, I do, I do feel like the movie has a few things that are quite, quite sort of memorable. And I think chief among them is, is exactly the image that you brought up, which is Quinn, uh, immortal at the bottom of the ocean, unable to get out of sort of this, iron casket drowning forever drowning forever um which and i think this in some ways like i I think for me is like a useful little example of where i both thought the movie was very uh very special and then like disappointing was because it's like that is a amazing like very very terrifying idea and i think especially Mm -hmm. the sequence when um, when Andy and Quinn are sort of in a prison cell together or whatever the equivalent of a prison cell is in like medieval times. And, Mm -hmm. uh, they're sort of just, they're sort of laughing almost about what do you think it's going to be like to get burned at the stake? Right. Right. Because they've had, they've, um, experienced all sorts of horrible pain in their lives. And, they're sort of joking. They're like, how, you know, how bad can it be? It can't be. Yeah. We've, we've, we've seen it all. Right. Um, and they're not scared. Right. Right. Um, and the thing that was really chilling was as soon as they see the, the box that, uh, Quinn is going to be put into, which it's unclear to me why they put her in the box and not Charlie's Theron in the box. Um, yeah, I don't know. But uh or not like not each of them in their own respective boxes. Um but Quinn sort of 
immediately realizes it's like being being hurt is not the worst thing. Being trapped is the worst thing, right? Mm-hmm. Especially mm-hmm. Um, in a in a situation where you're just going to be forever suffering, right? Where your tormentor yeah. is not people; it's just like the ocean, right? Yeah. Um, and so I thought that was like profoundly horrifying and, uh, you know, really, I think helped hammer home why the members of the old guard would aspire to avoid seeking capture at all costs. Right. Yeah. Um, because if that's the, en- if that's the end of being captured, then you should definitely do anything it takes to never be captured. Um, and it's another reason to want to die is right. just, is like if if you you know as long as you're alive you have to worry about that right right but the sweet kiss of death would finally be release from you know fear of being trapped right and so then sort of that sequence ends with this horrible idea of just her trapped at the bottom of the ocean repeatedly perishing and then reawakening and doing it all over again seconds at a time right um thousands 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 of times right um and the thing that really sort of like bugged me about that conclusion was andy basically saying and then i gave up right like and then i stopped looking for her after years right right and part of me was like i'm sorry are you busy (laughs) (laughs) like like, and i get it like it the movie needs that for her to feel guilty and for it to be this thing that's out there and potentially to set up future movies right but it's just sort of Mm -hmm. like i was like wait a second like the one benefit you have is like limitless time to just like do the right thing and you just decided sort of like yeah i'm done right i get it the ocean's big right um but it just sort of struck me as this weird, like, huh, y'all are really like all for one and one for all, unless it's like takes too long and then yeah. moving on. Uh, I don't know. It just some, something about that sort of way. And I get that that's like from the source material and that's probably not something that the movie had any latitude to really change in a meaningful way. But it's like, I would have liked if at one point in the movie there were, she was like, I spend every waking moment that I can searching for my friend unless I absolutely can't because of some other obligation. And then I go right back to searching for my friend. Right. Like, um, yeah, that would, I don't know. That would have meant something to me. But instead, it just sort of like undermined this sort of eternal bond that these characters are supposed to have to one another. It's like, mm-hmm. except for them, except except for Quinn. Right. Um, yeah. It's, I guess a couple of thoughts I have there are that one, when she died, the, the just feasibility of searching the ocean would have been zero, basically, right? I mean, right. you know, it's not like they had, now the, you could ask the question, why didn't they start looking for her again when like submarines became a thing, you know, sure. or when... They started having technology to go down there. But I but I can sort of understand at the time. And I think one of the characters even said, like, we spent decades. So they he said they said decades plural. Right. So I mean, it might have been 20, 30 years that they were actually trying, but 
trying with like no available tools to make it even remotely plausible. Right. Um, so I think that's one thing. And the other is just that there is also this, um, sentiment that they express, you know, to, to, um, I'm blanking on the, oh, Nile, uh, that they expressed to Nile a few times, which is basically like, we're all we have now. You got to move on from the people that you love, like immediately because mm-hmm. <laughs> they're, cause they're gone. Now I know that Quinn was one of them. Right. But I just, I just wonder if that same kind of, that same philosophy could apply where after the decades of searching, they sort of are psychologically equipped to say she's gone, you know? Right. Like the rest of us are living forever. So let's just move on together, you know? Um, although that said, I mean, I guess it was just Andy for, for many years after Quinn died. It must've been right. Cause yeah, that's right. The other two, the Nikki and the other guy, they didn't come along for probably hundreds of years still. So, right. So really Andy was totally by herself. So, Maybe that doesn't quite hold up. But anyway, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think, well, I guess I agree and, and sort of disagree in the sense that I don't think, I don't think anybody watching the movie or anybody in the real world can really relate to what it would be like to be immortal, you know? Right. And I also, and one aspect of that that I can't relate to is like, what if you lost a friend and what if you spent decades looking for that friend like, when would you move on? You know, right? Would you spend th- a thousand years? Would you spend a million years <laughs> looking for a right. friend? Or, you know, it's like I don't know how long is 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 the amount of time a human could possibly go trying to do something and and having zero success. So yeah, and uh, I don't know. And this is where I I sort of wish the movie had thought about this idea. So you know as I mean, maybe maybe this is not a universal thing, but I imagine it is. Uh, as you get older, the time seems to pass more quickly, right? Mm-hmm. Like the distance between your most recent birthday and the previous one seems like it was not nearly as long as when you were six waiting to turn seven, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just this idea, like as you experience time, right, like, contextually a year of life becomes a smaller and smaller sliver percentage wise of your life. Yeah. And you experience it as such. Right. And so like for the people who live for thousands of years, right. Mm -hmm. You wonder if like a day is like a meaningless increment of time for them. Right. Oh yeah. Like it's sort of like whatever. To Andy, a century is probably no big deal. Right. Um, And so I sort of and that's sort of where I'm like, I don't think when they describe decades passing that it has the same meaning to them as it Mm -hmm. does to you and to I. Right. Sure. Um, So it's like we searched for days. Right. (laughs) Right. Um, I searched for 15 whole minutes before giving up. Um, But you're right. I mean, there's like practical limits to all things. And. Uh, but it just sort of struck me as, um, we're, this is a movie we're not talking about this week, but a movie we may talk about in the future. Uh, there's a, there's an element of how eternity gets used in a movie like, 
uh, Palm Springs when I compare mm-hmm. it to this movie. And it's like that movie. I was like, that seems like a more plausible way. Like people would change their be without getting into spoilers. It just seems like people would aspire to change and grow if they had forever. Right. Versus like in mm-hmm. this movie, you're saying like, well, they had to wait for submarines to be invented. I was like, I'm sorry. Are you busy? You invent submarines, right? Like, <laughs> like you have eternity all the time in the world to learn advanced, you know, physics and nautical technology. And You've so got forth. a goal, yeah. right? Find a person right. at the bottom of the ocean. Like, yeah, well, okay. I think we've talked enough about this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I, I will tell you, uh, one of my favorite parts of the movie. So, um, I agree that some of the action was somewhat generic, but I actually really liked the action, um, sort of in the final, basically from when, uh, Niall frees them. Um, yeah, actually basically from when Niall goes in to rescue them. Right? Yeah, sure. Um, I think that action is pretty good and she frees them. And then what I, what I really enjoyed was, and there wasn't that much of it to be fair. Um, I wish there was more of it, but, the the segments of them fighting baddies where they're they're really there's like a lot of teamwork you know there's a lot of like this character like punches a guy and just sort of like throws him back and somebody else finishes him off yes or like yeah, yeah. they're like tossing guns to each other you know they're they're like they're like um it's very it's very coordinated and 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 feels very natural and i think the way it's shot and the way it's choreographed and stuff it's probably the single sort of action sequence that most conveys these people these are like warriors who on a deep level know how to you know fight together right i i really enjoyed that scene. i i really i think there was probably only you know a handful of like really cool sort of examples, but I still really enjoyed them. Did yeah. you, I mean, did you enjoy that scene or, or are you kind of, or did you think that was a ho-hum action scene? Uh, I, I thought it was, uh, okay, an okay action scene, but I totally agree <laughs> with the thing that was good about it, which is their silent wordless chemistry that they have with mm-hmm. one another. And I feel like that's even evident in the opening bit where they get, um, ambushed, Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, After they sort of awaken from that initial ambush, you can just tell there are certain little moments like the way they um, even without making eye contact, like hand weapons to each other. Right. Yeah. And cover one another. It's just sort of like, oh, they have been doing this for thousands of years. Right. Hundreds or thousands of years. And they know exactly where to expect their you know, their friend to be, they know what their friend needs. They're keeping. And so that I think is the part that was really exhilarating about those action sequences. Um, which is why, for example, when, uh, Charlize Theron's character, Andy sort of goes off on her own. It's like less, uh, it's, it's the stakes are high because she is, you know, she is mortal at that point. Um, but it's also less, uh, enthralling because what was what's really exciting to me is the way they work together as opposed mm-hmm. to the, how 
how badass she is by herself. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I still enjoyed that too. <laughs> yeah. Don't get me wrong. I like watching Charlize Theron punch people, but yeah. knowing that it's like, Oh, there's an opportunity for her to be sort of part of this, you know, um, highly efficient, uh, you know, extremely well-tuned machine. Uh, and the, I don't know. And I get that that's hard. Yeah. I get that coordinating that type of action sequence is difficult. Uh, but that was when the movie really worked for me. I don't even remember. Why did she go off? On, oh, was it? That was after like the grenade or whatever went off. Where some of the team was actually down, right? Right. She she just sort of says something to the effect of like, "I'm sick of this. Like, I'm gonna finish this now." And she just like goes off with an axe <laughs> to like make stuff happen. She just, and she just wanders off. Yeah, it, it, that is or, the motivation. There is a little muddled, if that's the case. Yeah. But. I don't remember questioning it particularly much while watching the movie, but maybe right. I was just kind of going going with the flow. Um, are there any other highlights? I feel like we should we should get get on to fix the movie because there's quite a lot of like little nitpicks that might be interesting to discuss. Um, but are there any other highlights you want to mention before we get to that? No, no. I think you you called out the other thing that I was going to call out, which is just the the way the chemistry that the characters have when they're in a in a fight sequence. Yeah. Yeah. I do think, um, I do think the, the characters had pretty good chemistry in general. Um, but I guess that can be a natural segue to nitpicks, uh, or fix the movie. I think, I think there was not, um, the characters didn't seem like, I don't know what it is that I'm looking for, but I just feel like something was missing to really convey that these people have been alive for hundreds or thousands of years. Right. They just, they felt like modern day people. Yeah. And it seemed like they, you know, talked and acted and thought like, like just people who exist in 2020. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and obviously they are. And so they've, they would have adapted to the time, but I just feel like, yeah, I feel like there's some actually the closest thing I think the the closest thing that I can think of that that is a good example of what I wish there were more of was when at the very end when she says to Booker she's like oh she she wanted us to let you off with an apology and he's like you know she'll learn right right um they they both that was like a good to me a good example of like they both understand that a hundred years will pass and you know and like as a punishment it's actually fairly minor when you live forever right uh but i felt like yeah but but i just i guess i wish there were more just like little bits of dialogue or little little ticks or things that more indicated that these people have been around forever yeah yeah like um there there are i think there's lots of playful things that I was sort of imagining what happened in the movie that I feel like didn't. So for, I mean, so for example, there, there are, there are little things that I should mention that the movie does do that I thought were, were sort of in the tone that I'm describing. Like for example, at one point they reference, um, I can't remember what either of the details are, but it's something like, uh, you know, Sarajevo 31. Right. And, mm-hmm. 
And she's like, what happened in Sarajevo in 1931? They're like 1831, you know, or whatever. Right, and it's right, like, right. yeah. Uh, and that's just a useful way to remind her and remind us like, no, we've been doing this for a very long time. Um, yeah. But like they probably, I mean, each speak a, at least, you know, like several dozen languages. Right. They probably speak like, like all the languages. Right. Yeah. Like they probably um, are familiar with every form of combat. They've probably, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like they should be extremely well versed in like philosophy, religion. Right. Like they mm-hmm. should be just extremely worldly people. Um, and it just doesn't feel that way. Right. They yeah. don't talk that way they don't seem to be interested in those things um yeah and now what i haven't really contemplated is like is modern philosophy sort of pointless if you live forever <laughs> right um yeah do, is, is all religion pointless if you live forever um but it just like it to your point they just didn't have they, they weren't doing any of the things that i was sort of imagine a person with eternal experiences would be able to draw on, right? Yeah. Um, well, to be fair, though, just just to back up a little, I think Andy is the only character who's sort of touching that, you know, that boundary of practically having lived forever. She's like I, at the, least the a thousand three, years. She's like at least a thousand yeah. years old, right? Something like that. The other three are hundreds of years old. Sure. Which is certainly much older than any real person, but you know, I agree with you that they, that they should be very worldly and that they should be different. And I mean, I think you and I are actually, we're making basically similar points, but I guess, I guess it's just that what I'm pointing out is the point mostly applies to Andy. I think. Yeah. I I think, I think the thing that I would raise is, you know, with the exception of Niall, I would expect any person who's been alive for hundreds of years and cannot die to be a little bit more of a polymath. You know what I mean? Like to be a little mm-hmm. bit more, um, well-rounded and the characters just yeah, they seem mostly like, focused on fighting. <laughs> yeah. They just seem obsessed with like being warriors and much less interested in like anything else that goes into being a person. And, um, it just doesn't seem like that, like within the sort of, this is going to sound dumb, but like within the confines of a movie where people live for hundreds or even thousands of years, it's like, just didn't seem realistic, you know? Mm. Um, it's just like, no, Well, I think, I think the missing, the, the, the thing that is, is a hand wavy explanation, but, but an explanation nonetheless is like, they do seem drawn to do the things they do. Like, like, you know, when she, Chiwetel Ejiofor's character is is kind of walking Nile through all the many acts she's performed that have, you know, cumulatively like done so much good for humanity, right? Yeah. Um he he's ba- the, what what we're sort of being shown in that scene, I feel, is that Andy has like this greater purpose. Yeah. That she doesn't even isn't really aware of, or she she feels pulled by it, but she doesn't like see, she doesn't see the big picture, right? Right. As not as Niall put it, like she can't see it because she's in it, and so I do think that you know 
on the one hand, yeah, it seems very silly to be on this earth for so many years and just focus on fighting. But it also seems like the the movie, the in the world of the movie, these people are supposed to be warriors. Like they're yeah. supposed to be, you know, performing these acts. Now, I mean, they must have still have downtime, right? Which is, I think, where your point comes in. Like, right. they're not fighting constantly for thousands of years. Right. But, um, but yeah, I guess that's, that seems to be the movie's explanation for that. Is yeah, that and and I think this is where like we were talking destiny or something. We were talking about like it just doesn't. These characters don't feel like fully fleshed out. They don't feel like fully dimensional, right? And to mm-hmm. me, I don't know if this and I don't know if this would actually work. But just like a thought is like, you know, I would have liked to have seen a couple of minutes on like old guard book club. Right. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Just like them talking about something that isn't their holy calling to be like eternal warriors. Right. Yeah. And instead, yeah. like having opinions about, you know, on, you know, a novel or a a poem or a anything. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, like like. I, I would say, you know, um, when they're on the plane and Niall says something about God, I think, and Andy's like, God doesn't exist. Right. Like, I think what you're, I think that would have been a good example of like them debating something like that. Yeah. You know, like, like maybe someone in the group, maybe Andy's like, none of this religious teaching is true, clearly, because I've been around all this time. I've seen things like, come and go or whatever. Right. But maybe another member of the group could sort of push back and sort of say like, just cause you've been around for thousands of years doesn't mean you know everything. Right? right. There's still stuff that you can't see and there's stuff that happened before you came along and whatnot. And so like, yeah, that, that I think that would have been a good example of what you're talking about. Right. Just like the characters debating something based on their vast experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another, another little nitpick I have, it, yeah, I, I, I don't know why I even care about this, but I found myself after the movie was over, like thinking back and being kind of confused. And what was confusing me was Andy. I, I feel like the movie Booker is definitely. It seems like he's like sort of her second in command. Right. Yes. Would you agree? Yes. And then. But then at some point, I thought that the movie got its dates wrong because I was like, she said the most recent person, it was like, it's been a couple hundred years. But then Nikki and what's his name? Like the two guys, they fought in the Crusades. That's more than a couple hundred years ago. What's she talking about? And then like when I was like thinking back, I was like, oh, it's Booker who came about just a couple hundred years ago. And that was weird to me because I'm like, but he's like the second in command. I feel like he should have been like the second oldest next to Andy. Why is he the newest member? You know, uh, it I just felt weird. <laughs> it just felt weird. Yeah, I actually don't recall the order because I, I, if you'd asked me outside of that, the last one came along a couple hundred years ago, quote, mm-hmm. which I do vaguely remember. But if you'd asked me not accounting for that the order in which all these characters met each other, I would definitely have assumed it was Andy, then Booker and then, uh, right. Joe and Nikki, right. Joe and Nikki. Um, yeah. 
Like that is definitely the order I would have thought. So like, I yeah, don't, that's, that's what I'm saying. It's a nitpick, but I'm like the, the, the dynamic of the group does not feel like it was Andy and then Andy and Nikki and Joe for a long time. And then Booker, like it just doesn't right. feel like that. No, I mean, and she literally will say things like you and me book like right. forever, you know, or something, right. like, you know, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's totally like she and him have been doing it forever. And then Joe and Nikki came along. Like that's how it feels. So it's just, it's weird that the movie gives you the chronology that it does. And I mean, I guess, like you said, probably back to the source material, it's probably like how they've chosen to portray these characters and the group dynamic just kind of d- clashes a little bit with the actual chronology. Doesn't it feel more, almost more likely that our read on the way, the way these characters were introduced to one another is correct. And that line is just wrong. Like the line is just like the, an incorrect line in the movie. Well, no, because the way, because the way I sort of like figured it out was by looking it back up. And like, that is like Booker, he, he like oh. he was um like he was in the like he was in the war with Napoleon yeah 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 um and the movie even mentions that oh right, right, I, right, right I sort right. of it's like a very passing thing but like that's what that character is in the comics and and Joe and Nikki fought in the Crusades yeah. before that you yeah know, well before that so so I think that I think that the way you and I read it is probably the way almost everyone would read it. Cause I really feel like that's just how it feels, but just the dates don't really, um, the, the actual timeline doesn't really fit. I mean, it can, you know, right. It's like, there's no law that says that the newest team member can't like be second in command and form this really deep bond with the leader or whatever. But right. Yeah. Just doesn't feel that way. Anyway. Yep. So, um, the only the last thing I sort of had that I wanted to chat about, hopefully kind of briefly, um, is not even necessarily a, a nitpick or f- fix the movie. It's more just like questions that I had uh-huh. that I, you know, I'm sure there are no good answers, but but they're questions that I wanted to talk about anyway. Like one is, you know, these characters are not indestructible, right? Like they get wounded. They can get seriously wounded. Right. Um, but then they heal and they recover. But what the movie never shows, and I kind of wanted to, I was kind of curious about the whole time, was like, what if you like cut one of their heads off? Yeah. Or like, what if you like blow them up? You right. Know? Like, would they actually recover from that? Because they they establish that they are actually mortal. Like, they will die eventually. Yeah. So, and, and I'm just like, if you're the enemy of these people, like, why not try those kinds of things? Right. You know? Or even like, or even, uh, you know, in the fight scenes we do have where the villains like know that they're immortal. I'm like, when you shoot them and they fall down, don't like move on. Just like babysit them and keep shooting. them. (laughs) Like don't stop, you know? Right. Shoot them every 10 seconds. Like pick like, you know, take, have a rotation (laughs) if you want. Or whatever. Like somebody man this person and just keep shooting them in the head <laughs> every 10 seconds so that they can't get up and kill us all, you know? Right. But like, uh, anyway, I guess, I guess the, my main question was just like, do they heal from any kind of wound? Uh, Seem, seems so. Seems like you can. It seems like it, right? Yeah. Now, and, I, mean, I mean, yes. Like, they must have been blown up at some point in the, right. in the 
thousands of years. Well, like Andy must have stepped on a landmine and been blown to smithereens and right. still recovered. Yeah. Yeah. It, you would, the way that like, uh, I imagine it working is, uh, if you get blown to bits, like there's just like mm-hmm. bits everywhere, <laughs> <laughs> then it's going to be like iron giant, right? Like the, uh-huh. the bits, the bits will crawl back together and reform or something. Right. Um, in the event of a beheading, I'm going to go with everything grows from the neck down. Like yeah, head grows a new the, body. The head, the head is the thing that's eternal. The old body mm-hmm. will just like, you know, become dirt someday, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. the new body just grows from the neck down. So it's yeah. like a uh, little, little tiny baby legs. And then eventually <laughs> in a, you know, in an Deadpool hour style in an hour or two, yeah. right. You're back to like a fully fledged body. You know what I get? You know what I guess it really is, is so I know I said this isn't a nitpick, but I guess, I guess the reason it sort of is a nitpick is I feel like when there are questions like this that are very natural to wonder. Yeah. I just feel like the movie should do something to address it just right. to get it out of the way, you know? Cause you could totally deal with that in like one or two lines of dialogue. Right. Right. Like, like offhand. Like I don't actually need to know how it happens. Right. But I just kind of wanted to know that it happens. Like, right. So like if Niall asked a question about it or something, then Andy could be like, if she's like, what if you like got blown up or what if somebody cut off your head? And Andy could just be like, everything you can think of has happened to us, you know, or something just like to sort of just to like put the lid on it and be like, look, yes, we heal from everything, literally everything. Right. Right. Another one though is, uh, do they have to eat? I guess not because queen wouldn't have anything to eat at the bottom of the ocean and she can keep living. Yeah. You would think, yes, I think that's exactly right. Because a natural thing, if Booker was like, we can't die. Right. Then it's like, it's like, have you tried starving yourself to death? Right. Um, (laughs) yeah. Uh, and I'm sure stop eating and I'm sure the answer is yes. I'm sure the answer is they've tried and that it doesn't work. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's like the, the main sort of form of their immortality that we see in the movie is wounds healing. Right. But I think, I think for the movie to sort of make sense, it's deeper than that. It's like, no, it's not just wounds healing. It's like anything that would All cause a person damage. to stop breathing yeah. doesn't work on these people. Right. Yeah. Um, all right. Are there any other, um, I guess the last one that comes to mind for me, if we're talking fix the movie would be I feel like the villain is a little, I mean, it's really just kind of convenient that the villain is so, uh, like cartoonishly, cartoonishly evil. Yeah. Because what, what I think would have been a lot better. I, I would have personally liked more is if he weren't cartoonishly evil and he were actually, you know, he can be, he can be a, you know, a greedy capitalist, but why not? You know, almost everyone in the U S is right. But if he were actually sort of like, look, we're going to, we're, we're trying to save, you know, millions, billions of people. Like it's, I think it's for the greater good, you know, 
Right. I mean, he he does he does have a few lines like that, but he delivers them in like a in like a yeah. artificially evil way. <laughs> right. You know. Right. Um, like unnecessarily cruel yeah. way. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Um, and that that seemed like that seemed like a convenient way to just not have to explore that question. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Where I'm like, I think you should explore that. I think that's an interesting question, you know, movie like, like Andy and this group, they feel like they have a purpose, but they don't quite understand it. And meanwhile, there's this other person that's like, okay, well screw whatever you feel called to do. Right. Why don't we just use science and figure out how to apply what you have, you know, for the greater good. I think that would have been like a really interesting source of drama and potentially tension because there could have been disagreement amongst the group. Right. right? Um, but yeah, I feel like it was just a missed opportunity that it was just like, we don't know how to really, uh, you know, present that sort of moral quandary uh, in a compelling way. So we'll just make the villain so over the top yeah. that everybody would be like, clearly saving humanity can't be the right call because it's what this evil guy wants. Right. Because, you, you know, like, it's funny. One of the things that the movie did that I quite liked, actually, was how the edgy of four character ends up being their ally, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he seems like one of the big bads, you know, one third of the way into the movie. And then by the end, it's like, oh, no, his intentions are really good, actually. Right. Yeah. They're misplaced. His actions are a little bit misplaced, but um and you could easily imagine, for example, like them being in a relationship with a, you know, world renowned scientist who's like, hey, can you swing by my lab like every month or something and give me like tissue samples so I can do some research to figure out maybe how your special gifts could be leveraged for the good of humanity? And I feel like they would have been like, sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, yeah, yeah, totally. I, I feel like they would have been like, yeah, that's fine. But instead, they've got like a lunatic who's like, you need to be caged up like animals so that I can <laughs> yeah. basically torture you round the clock. <laughs> and it's like, wait, why it's like, is we that We can happily give you blood. Right, yeah. Isn't like, that what you need, basically? It's like, we bleed all the time. We don't <laughs> mind giving you samples. In fact, you want a tooth? I'll just give you a tooth. Right, like... You want some hair? You want an arm? Right. I'll give you a finger. Like I'll do like there's tons of it stuff. It all grows back. Right. Yeah. There's tons of stuff I'll give you. Um, but it's like, but instead he's like, no, 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 no. I need to torture you personally. Right? Yeah. yeah. Like it just yeah, he, very unnecessary. I mean, he's like a he's like a psycho, obviously. Um, but it just feels like in a more interesting movie, they could have decided to have the conflict itself, like the actual sort of violent conflict be something else. And like Mm -hmm. their partnership with somebody who's trying to like end cancer, uh, be sort of a, a different way that they're trying to like bring meaning and, and, you know, value to their lot to like their lives and the lives of humanity. Right. Yeah. You know what I thought was funny? Um, the like last the final scene where she's like talking to Chiwetel Ejiofor's character and she's like you are going to be you know our guy who mm-hmm. sort of like covers our tracks and gives us technology and helps us find our next mission and so forth and and he's like yes I'll do it 
And I was just like, okay, I mean, like for the next 20 years, maybe. <laughs> like, he's not immortal. <laughs> it's like, he can't be your guy for very long in right. the grand scheme of things. I just thought that was funny. Yeah. Well, it's, that they're like, they're together now. I'm like, he is going to die. Right. I was thinking about that. It's like, man, he's going to need to find an apprentice and so yeah. forth and so on forever. Right. Right. Like forever. Yeah. Yeah. I think you need to train one of your own to be that person. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's true. Train Nile. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Train the rookie they, to do they've that. They've got plenty of time to learn your, your skills. Um, so I thought that was funny. Uh, you know what else? The, okay, one more thing, and then I'm done. Okay. Um, the final confrontation with the big bad, with the villain guy. Yeah. yeah. Did you understand? Like, from it, I, I just was confused because he's like, he like walks up and Niall has got the gun on him, and he's like, "I will kill her." I'm like, "Just shoot him!" Like, what? What? <laughs> they let him get close. And then she's like, do you speak Russian? And they do this weird thing. And I just didn't understand why any of that was necessary. Can you explain it? Uh, well, I mean, he's got a gun trained on Andy. And so Niall is, this is sort of a, a three-way standoff. to pull the trigger. Because she feels if she, yeah, his reaction time might be fast enough that he could yeah. get off a shot before she does. Or, or like in the split second as she is pulling her trigger, he'll yeah. pull his, right? right, right. Um, I think that was the idea. Uh, what I don't understand was like, look, guy, CEO of Big Pharma Company, you've got five immortal warriors coming to mm-hmm. get you. Leave. Like, <laughs> like get what out of the... What are you doing? Like, what do you think is going to happen? Like, yeah, yeah. I know I'll have my seven highly mortal soldiers. They'll protect me forever <laughs> against yeah, yeah. people who literally can't die. Like, yeah. it's like, dude, you, w- this was your plan. Hole up in your penthouse with an ax. Like you're a billionaire. Like you're supposed yeah. to be smart. Like, just get out of the building and hide. Yeah, and it turns out when they thought he was leaving, he wasn't. <laughs> Just um, total dumb. But no, that that whole ass part I, I I found confusing. I didn't really understand the "Do you speak Russian?" Part. Like I knew what she was referencing, right? But I didn't get like it was like shoot towards me as a distraction. I guess was basically what it was. Yeah. Yeah. And then they ended up with him like right at the window and Niall chose to jump with him out the window. I was like, just kick him out. He's, right. he's done for. Right. I don't know. I mean, I know she knew she would survive it, but that yeah. just seemed like a weird choice to me too. Right. Where she's like, I'm going to just <laughs> jump with, kill us both. Yeah. They <laughs> like, are very cavalier about killing themselves. That's for sure. He's, he's at a very vulnerable point at that point. Um, all right. Well, we've talked about a lot. Are there any other fix the movies you wanted to discuss? No, I mean, like I I think, and put it this way, we've had lots of little nitpicks and things that were like, that would make this more interesting. And I don't know if that's, if those would be sufficient or not. Um, Mm -hmm. I suspect not. Uh, like, I mean, one of, for you really fix the movie would be 
a lot more and a lot better action. Probably. Make it right. It's like hired. Go, go get Chad. Right. Chad Stahelski. Go get him <laughs> and have him do the fight sequences. Right. Um, also, like there's lots of details. Like, for example, I find I found the entire like last fight sequence in like the lab to be a pretty sort of like uninspiring setting. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like we're in a generic lab that has no emotional resonance for anyone in this movie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's just sort of like, yeah, it's like the same thing as like a fight in a warehouse. It's like, it's just a generic place that we can break stuff and be in a fight. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's just lots of sort of, I feel like generic choices like that in the movie mm-hmm. that sort of like, why are we in a church? Why are we in a lab? Why are we, you mm-hmm. know, like, why are we in um, Morocco in the beginning of the movie? Like, I just don't know, like, the the meanings behind any of these choices other than it's, like, looks nice or, fit the, you know, it fit yeah. the bill for some reason. And it's, like, right. for a movie about, like, eternality and these people have probably rich histories with lots of locations around the world for us to not try to draw on any of that and just say, like, it's just a place they've never been. We're just here for no reason. It just like there's just lots of all the choices that made that gave me that kind of feeling. I would want to change fix them all. Fix them all. Yeah. All right. All right. Fair. Well, I think uh, I think it's time to discuss. It's time to make the decision, Adam. Are we gonna be? <laughs> are we gonna beam it up? I will not be beaming I, up the old guard. Will not be doing it. Yeah. 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 Me neither. I was gonna pretend like I couldn't guess what your decision would right. be. Right, right. Best uh, picture no, of the it's year. Not, yeah. It's not in that, it's definitely not in that territory. Uh, but I enjoyed it. Sounds like you were overall pretty underwhelmed, but at least there were a few highlights for you. Yeah, I, I don't think it's bad, right? Like, I didn't, it wasn't like, um, wasn't like, ugh, this movie stinks, right? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's more just like, I, I think it's, I think of a bunch of missed opportunities basically. Yep. I can agree with that. All right. Well, I think that's it. That's, let's say, uh, let's call it. That's the old guard. And this was, uh, space flicks. Space flicks. Space flicks.